Turn to Joshua chapter 10. That's where we're going to be today in Joshua chapter 10. I want to read a few verses there, actually about three verses of scripture there, verse 24 through 26. I'll be reading out of the NIV. Joshua chapter 10, verse 24 through 26, and this stuff also will be up on the screen. So it says this. It says, when they had brought these kings to Joshua, we'll tell you who that is in a second. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. And so they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, anyone have anybody you just like to place your feet on someone's neck this morning? I just... Felt by the Spirit just to ask that question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, so he said, Joshua said to them, verse 25, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you're going to fight. And then Joshua put the kings to death and exposed their bodies on five poles. And they were left hanging on the poles until evening. Isn't that just an uplifting scripture? Just a great passage, and I just want to leave you with that today. Don't mess up, or God will hang you from a pole. Let's pray as we dismiss. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Bible says there's five kings. And we all know these five kings, they have five kingdoms. And those kingdoms represent five thrones. So the title of this morning's message, how many of you have ever watched uh, the show Game of Thrones? Any, Any Game of Thrones fans in the house there's a few I'm I'll be honest I've, I've, I've never seen it never watched it um, and I'm not saying it's good or bad because I, I don't know but I just I like I like the name and so when I was developing this message for this morning that just that title Game of Thrones I know it's been popular for for a long time and so I just want to title this message Game of Thrones um, and so there were five kings there were five thrones that had stopped God's people from pressing in and obtaining the promised land And Joshua, he said, okay, guys, we finally have these five kings. We know where they're at. Our GPS has tracked their camels. We know right where they're at. And they're hiding in caves. Does that sound like any leadership that we know of today? It's now, never mind, moving on. He said, number one, you got to drag them out of these caves. If you read before, you got to drag them out of these caves, drag them out of the darkness into light. Get them out into the light. They're hiding in the darkness. They're keeping my people in defeat. That's a whole other sermon right there. There's a message right there. What's hiding in darkness has got to be brought into light if we're going to get victory. But that's a whole other message and a whole other bucket of fried chicken. All right? So we're going to move on. But he said, drag them out into the cave and subdue them. And then he said something strange. These kings are keeping us from going into the promised land. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your feet on the neck of these kings and destroy them. And then hang them on a pole. Isn't that just, (laughs) that's just an encouragement from the Lord, isn't it? And so, as I was reading this story this week, I got to thinking about thrones in our life. I got to thinking about thrones in our life and, 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 and what, what, what kind of thrones, what kind of things are keeping us from experiencing the best of God, from experiencing the plan of God. And, and I was immediately drawn for some reason, I know this is going to sound weird, so don't run out of here until you hear the message because I think it's really, really good. I was drawn to the five senses, okay? Everybody know what the five senses is. We'll we'll talk about that in just a second. But I believe if we're going to see 
victory in the battle of faith. If we're going to see our families blessed, if we're going to see our lives blessed, if we're going to see our church blessed, if we're going to see the favor of God upon our community, then we have got to build a, 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 a time in our life when we dethrone these five kings. And they're the five senses. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, and what you feel. All right. Hang with me, because I know some of you are like, hey, pastor, I'm with you until you got to that taste one, okay? And I, I ain't dethroning no taste buds. Hang on. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, and what you feel, all of those can be good evangelists for unbelief. And I think we're going to show you that this morning. The five senses can talk you out of what God's promises is trying to talk you in. Oh, come on. And so I want to go through these five senses for just a moment. You're thinking, are we in biology class or something? No, bear with me. Bear with me. Hang with me. The first sense I want to talk about is that sense of smell. Okay? The sense of smell. How many love the sense of smell? When you walk in here on Friday night, that's third Friday nights for those third Friday night rib dinners, and you walk in, whoo, buddy, that smeller kicks in, doesn't it? Good stuff. If you've ever been around something that smells real good, it's it's a real good feeling. You ever been something that smells real bad? That can be pretty rough, can't it? Well, I I want to take you back to Daniel chapter 3. And in Daniel chapter 3, the Bible says that there were three Hebrew children who were in a fiery furnace. And when God brought them out of the fiery furnace, the Bible says that there was not even a hair upon their head that was singed. It was burned. And then the scripture goes a little bit further. And I know we've talked about this before in in, in a total different message. But I want to hit it here. The, 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 The scripture goes on to say this, an interesting note, that there was not even the smell of smoke on their body or on their clothes. In other words, they had been through a circumstance where they should have smelled like smoke, but they came through the situation without the smell of smoke. Listen, you've got to be able to get your foot on the throne of smell. Now, what do you mean by that, Jared? God doesn't want you going through trials and smelling like them for the rest of your life. Oh, now we're preaching. Now, Now we're preaching. Have you ever met someone? who's been through a trial, and every time you get around them, that's all they want to talk about. That's all they want to complain about. That's all they want to gripe about. That's all they want to whine about. Maybe we got burned in a relationship, or we got burned in, in, in a job, or we got burned in a business deal, or maybe you even got burned at church, and someone at church has hurt you, but now we judge everybody else because of what we have been through. And if you're going to win the fight of faith and have victory, you've got to get victory over what you smell. Come on. I I don't want to smell like everything I've been through. I'll I'll try this side. I don't want to smell like everything I've been through. I don't want to do that. 
in the ministry, you, you can go through a lot of stuff, and, and, and not just in ministry, but as teachers, as coaches, as business people, as salesmen, whatever your occupation may be, you can go through a lot of stuff. And, but I believe that's why God had the priest in the Old Testament burn incense. Because we, I know me, sometimes I'm real bad at taking home the smell of my work, the smell of my calling, dealing with problems and dealing with issues. And I don't want to take that smell home to my wife and kids. Can you imagine how the priests must have smelled in the Old Testament? Because they were in charge of the sacrifice, of, of the, the, the slaughter of bulls and sheep and goats. They were in charge of the sacrifice. And can you imagine the blood and the gore and all those things that the priests had to do in the Old Testament? And God said, to kill the smell of ministry, you've got to burn incense. And if you read the book of Psalm, you will see that it compares, it, it contrasts worship and, and, and incense and how our worship is a type of incense to the Lord. And we've got to get victory over the smell of our trials. You, you remember Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, the Bible says that Lazarus was dead. He was dead for three days. And do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, remove the stone, right? Take away the stone. Now listen, they said, but Jesus, by now he stinketh. I just love that word, stinketh. We say that a lot in our house. Well, what, what stinketh? Makes me just feel good when I say the word stinketh. And they said, Jesus, by now he stinketh. And Jesus said, listen, I don't care what condition he's in, move the stone. And what Jesus is saying, listen, I know it stinks, but still believe. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you this morning, there might be some things going on in your life, and they might really stink, but Jesus is telling us this morning, still believe. I know our marriage might stink, but still believe. I know business right now might stink, but still believe. I know we've been praying a long time for those kids to come home and receive the Lord, and you've been praying, it seems like nothing has happened, and God says, I know it stinks, but still believe. Your financial situation, that might stink, but still believe. Jesus is saying, move the stone away, get past what you smell, because I'm about to do a new thing in your life. Hallelujah. I heard about some grandkids. Went to their grandma and grandpa's house one weekend. And they were there at grandma and grandpa's, and the grandpa had one of these long handlebar mustaches. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, they took some Limburger cheese. How many know what that is? Oh, doesn't that just smell wonderful? And they took Limburger cheese, and, and it's the kind that really stinks. And they, these mean little brats, they rubbed it in their fingers and they rubbed it on the, on, on the, 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 the mustache, the, the, yeah, the mustache, there it is, I'll get it, hey, hang on, the mustache of their grandfather. And so they rubbed it, you know, on the handlebars and underneath the nose and, and he went to, he was asleep for a little while and then he, as he got through taking a nap, he woke up and you hear grandpa, everyone's gathered around the kitchen and you hear grandpa in the bedroom and he said, whoa. This bedroom stinks. Then he walked into the kitchen where all the family's at, and they're gathered there in the kitchen. And he looked at over at Grandma, and he looked over at the grandkids. He said, man, this, this kitchen stinks. And then he walked out of the kitchen, and he walked outside. And as he walked outside, he got on his back porch and just kind of looked up. And he said, what in the world is wrong? This whole world stinks. Listen, if you're not careful, 
you can go through so much stuff and get burned by so many people or get burned by so many situations that you walk around with an old stinky attitude and old stinky words. Come on, somebody. And the word of the Lord today is just because you've been through the fire, you don't have to smell like it for the rest of your life. Just because you've been through a test and just because you've been through a situation, you don't have to smell like it for the rest of your life. Burn some incense of praise. Burn some incense of worship and raise your hands and believe God and thank God you still got a future. You still got a hope. God's doing something in your life. You may not understand it. You may not know exactly how it's all going to work, but you just put your faith and your trust in God. I know it stinks, but still believe. Come on, someone. If you agree with that, put your hands together this morning dethrone the smell someone shout dethrone the smell there's a second king a second throne we gotta get our foot on and that's the the throne of what we feel as you know one of the five senses is the sense of touch if we're not careful we'll get into our feelings more than we will our faith you remember the story of Isaac Story of Isaac, he's on his deathbed. The Bible tells us old Isaac had gone blind. Jacob, his son, he came in and scripture said that Jacob, he wanted to deceive his father. and His mother was in on the plan. Thanks, mom. What a, what a beautiful testimony. But he wanted the birthright. If you remember, the birthright went to the oldest son. The oldest son got the birthright. And Esau was the oldest son. But Jacob and his mom devised a plan. And they took goat hair because his daddy was blind. And he walked into the bedroom where his dad was, where Isaac was, and tried to steal the birthright. And Isaac, he said these words. He said, who is it? And Jacob said, it's me, dad. It's your oldest, Esau, who you're supposed to give the blessing to. And the scripture says that dad looked up and, and, and dad reached up and he started feeling of his arm because he knew his oldest boy Esau was a hairy man. Anyone sitting beside an Esau today? Esau was a hairy man. Now he says something interesting. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, I ain't sitting beside Esau. I'm sitting beside Bigfoot right now. That's, uh, <laughs> but here's what's interesting. He said, you sound like Jacob. And he was right. But you feel like Esau. And he decided to go with his feelings instead of what he was hearing. And he gave the blessing to the wrong son. And my point is simply this, that if we go by what we feel instead of what we hear from the word of God, we can miss it. We've got to get to the place where we get beyond our feelings because your feelings will mess you up. Sometimes in church, you're going to get your feelings hurt. Someone say amen. Amen. And if you haven't, just give us a chance. No, I'm kidding. We try not to do that. But sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Guess what? I'm a pastor and I've got my feelings hurt in church. Why? Because we deal with people. And guess what? As pastors, we're people. And so sometimes I walk away and I'm like, well, what do they mean by that? Why do they look at me like that? Why do they not cut, you know? And so you've got to get beyond those feelings. You can't, uh, sometimes in marriage you're going to get your feelings hurt. Come on, someone, don't say a thing, all right? Yeah, yeah. 
You've got to learn to subdue your feelings. We've got to put our foot on the neck of our feelings and say, I'm not going to let my feelings stop me just because pastor gave the role to that person instead of me, just because this is going on, or just because that's going on. I'm not going to let my feelings get hurt. I'm not going to stop working for the kingdom. I'm going to get victory on what I feel. Do you, do you know on Noah's Ark? This is divine revelation that come just to me, okay? Beware when someone says that. You know on Noah's Ark, all those animals, natural predators of one another? You read the Bible, you don't hear one fight breaking out in the ark, do you? Not one fight. You know why? Because all those animals understood that there was only one boat in that storm. Oh, that's good. Guess what? There's only one boat in this storm, and we're all in this thing together. There's only one boat in this storm. Now, I'm not just talking about Elm Grove. I'm talking about our, all of our friends in town and all of the churches that we're a part of and all the community that we bring together. Yeah. There's only one boat in this storm, and we're in this thing together. And we as churches, we can't afford to be fighting with one another. Right. We've got to work together. And the last command Hallelujah. in my Bible, I don't know if it's in your Bible, but it's in my Bible. The last command God gave Noah before he shut the door. You remember what it was? Keep the woodpeckers above the water line. That not in your Bible? It's in mine. I'm going with that truly inspired version. He said, keep the woodpeckers above the water line. Why? Because every church, every ministry, every business, and even marriages and friendships and relationships, every organization has the potential to have a couple of woodpeckers that will get below the water line and get to pecking away and sink the whole thing. That's good. That's good. Jared, I thought you were going to encourage us today. What's going on here? We can't allow our feelings to stop us from what God wants to do in our life. You can't do it. You got to put your foot on the neck of your feelings and say, you know what? I'm going to go on anyhow. I don't feel like pastors appreciate me. I'm going to go on anyhow. I don't feel like my wife's appreciate me. My husband's appreciate me. My kids appreciate me. I don't feel like my boss appreciates me. I don't feel like my teachers appreciate me. My coaches appreciate me. I don't feel like, you know, you got to go on anyhow. Right. You will never see victory if we go by our feelings the whole time. You will always live in defeat. That's good, That's right. That's good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Jared. Yes, yes, yes. There's a third throne I want to look at. Everybody say amen to that one. That was a good one, wasn't it? Come on, look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Let's look at the third throne. Third throne, what we see. What we see. The Bible says we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. In the scripture, there's an interesting story back in the Old Testament about an old prophet who was surrounded by a bunch of Assyrian soldiers. And he turned to his servant and he said, hey, I want you to walk out there and I want you to tell me what you see. And the boy walked out there and he saw the enemy chariots completely surrounding the house. And he come back in and he said, oh, oh, prophet, I don't know what we're going to do. There are armies all the way around us. They have got us surrounded. And this prophet by the name of Elisha, he prayed an interesting prayer. He said, God, open his eyes. And he walked back out on the same porch, but not only this time did he see ground level. You see, sometimes that's our problem. We get in a battle and all we see is ground level. 
But as believers, the Bible says, the scripture says that we're to lift our eyes into the hills where our help comes from. Come on. Our help comes from the Lord. And so I'm saying to you, when you get a bad report, when you got something going on in your family or in your home or on your job that seems like an impossibility or in your body that seems like an impossibility, when you're facing a difficulty that seems too big to overcome, I'm telling you, you can't allow what you feel, what you smell, and what you see to take you out of what God has promised. Because ultimately, God has promised you victory. You can go through this and you can go through that. You can go through the fire and you can go through the flood. But God has planned no defeat for his kids. In fact, the scripture says even in death, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And the Bible said that this young servant walked out, but this time he didn't just see on ground level. He rose his eyes up and he saw the Assyrian troops, but when he lifted his eyes, he saw chariots of angel armies coming down. Woo, glory! He looked up and he saw the armies. Listen, I don't know what you're seeing this morning. I don't know what you're focused on this morning, but I'm challenging you. If all you see is problems, I want you to lift your eyes and see the promises of God. See what God has promised in your life. And you've got to choose this morning. What am I going to focus on? Am I going to stay ground level and see everything that's right here? Or am I going to lift my eyes and see what God can do in my life? Come on, somebody. I... I heard a story about a chicken yard in a hen house. How there's an old rooster. He had all of his hens laying eggs. And one day, right next door, there's two little boys playing football. And they'd got a brand new white football for Christmas. And one of the boys accidentally kicked the football over to the fence and it rolled into the hen yard. And that old rooster, he walked up and he was checking out that football from head to toe, looking at it up and down. Finally, he called the hens out. He said, ladies, I need you to come on out here, girls. So the hens walked on out, and they stood around the football, and he said, now, girls, I don't mean to be negative, but this is the kind of eggs they're producing next door. (laughs) You need to get with it. Listen, if we're not careful... If we're not careful, we can look at Craig Rochelle's church. We can look at this church and that church and that church and this church. We can look at this person and that person and that family and that business. And we can see how good everyone else seems to be doing. And in that, we lose focus on what God has blessed us with. What God is doing in our life. Get your foot on what you see and say, Lord, I believe what you said is true. Give me a great big amen if you believe amen. that. Amen. There's another throne we got to put our foot on. That's the throne of what you hear. Isn't that a big one? Yeah. Jesus said, take heed what you hear. Be careful to what you listen to. How, how many of y'all remember back at Haleyville First Assembly, my father-in-law is here this morning. My father-in-law and mother-in-law, they're here with us today. Jenny's mom and dad. And, and um, they pastored at Haleyville First Assembly from, what, 84? 84 to 89? 84 to 89, and then, then they left me, and I'm still holding bitterness, but, but they, they left and moved to Garber, but I remember growing up at Haleyville First Assembly, and we had this thing called the booster band. Anyone remember booster bands? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. We had booster band, and every Sunday we'd get up, and the kids would sing in the booster band, and there was a song we used to sing, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yes. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. 
for the Father up above. He will hang you from a pole. Oh, be, no, he will. <laughs> Father up above is looking down in love. Yes, oh, be careful. Then we went to this next one. Oh, be careful, little ears. What you hear? Oh, be careful, little ears. What, why? Because the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little ears. What you hear? We've got to be careful what we listen to because what, what crosses the bridge gate of our ears can get into our spirit and contaminate what we're standing in faith for. Exactly. In the Old Testament, there's another great story about Elijah, the prophet Elijah, and how everybody was saying recession. Everybody was saying poverty. Everybody was saying famine. Everybody was saying layoffs. It's looking bad. And on top of that, you're probably going to catch the coronavirus too. It's in there somewhere in my Bible. They're telling you you're going to lose your job. Everything, everyone's going to get the flu. All these bad reports are coming out. ABC, NBC, CBS, woe is me TV. It's all coming out. And in the middle of it, the prophet Elijah, he said this. He said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain right in the middle of the drought. I hear the sound. And I'm talking about believers who don't just join in with the negative spirit of the world. We've got to get our foot on what we see, what we feel, what we smell, and what we hear each and every day. Because I, I want to tell you something. I'm tuned in. I, and I know there's a lot of ifs, ands, and, and questions about this year. But I'm telling you, I'm tuned in to another station. Yeah. I'm tuned in to another frequency. I'm tuned, and it's not mind over matter. It's faith over unbelief. And I'm believing God's word that what he said, what he has spoken, and what he says, that everybody else says, hey, that will never happen. And, and, and that's not. See, here's the problem. God thinks he's God. God thinks he's God. He thinks he's God. And he says, I don't care what everyone else says. I'm God and I can make it happen. Yes, right. yes. And I'm challenging you. We, we want to be a family. We want to be a body that in the midst of struggles and in the midst of, of some really tough times in this family, we raise up a standard and we raise up a banner and we say, yeah, we know what's happening. But our God is able. Yes. Our God is able. Yes. We got to get to the place where we put our foot on what we hear, I thought about David. Yes. David, he's standing and he's about to go into battle. And the scripture says that, that David was told by God, wait until you hear the sound of moving in the top of the bushes. And when you hear the sound, then go out and go into battle and I'll send my angel armies in front of you. Now, I don't know what you're hearing this morning. But man, if we can hear with our spiritual ears, I believe we're hearing the sound of, of the moving of the mulberry bushes in our life. We're hearing the sound of God about to perform a mighty victory in our life. We're hearing the sound of mighty triumph in our life. I hear the sound of blessing coming. I hear the sound of favor coming. I hear the sound of healing coming. I hear the sound of kids and teenagers who are rising up in our community ready to serve Christ and ready to transform this community. I, I hear the sound of healing in this house. I, I hear the sound of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this house. I, I hear the sound of restoration in this house. I hear the sound of broken relationships being mended back together and broken marriages being set apart for God's good plan. I hear the sound of greatness in this house. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's able. God's able. Man, I'm telling you, that keto will give you energy. It is good stuff. It is better than Red Bull. I may go to two. 
Woo! Then lastly, the fifth throne we got to throne is the throne of taste. Talking about keto. (laughs) The king of taste, the throne of taste. Mm. Let's just skip that one. What are you talking about, Jared? Well, in the Old Testament, the Bible says there is a pot of stew. And they started eating it. And they discovered the stew was poison. You remember this story? 2 Kings chapter 4, if you want to read it. It's an awesome story. The Bible said the prophet Elisha, he speaks up. And he says, put some meal in the poison stew. Put some meal in the poison stew. And if you read through the Old Testament and New Testament, you'll see types and shadows. And meal in the Old Testament represents the bread of life. And we know the bread of life is what? The Word of God. The Word of God. Whatever is poison in your life, you need to put some word in it. Whatever is poison in your life, you need to put some word in it. Put some meal in your stew. You got a relationship that's poison? Put some word in it. You got a job situation that's poison? Put some word in it. Put some meal in your stew. Attitude not in check? Put some meal in it. Your children not acting right? Put some meal in it. Put a belt on it? Put a meal in it. Sorry, that come out, my bad. Put some meal in it. Start praying God's word and standing on his word. Put some meal in it. I want you to hear this. Faith places no limitations on God. And God places no limitations on faith. If you're looking for something to tweet, that's a good one. Faith places no limitations on God, and God places no limitations on faith. Praise God. So take meal, take the word, and put it into whatever your poison is. Remember Jesus, he's hanging up on the cross, and you remember what the scripture said? He was thirsty. He said, I thirst. One of the things he said up on the cross. You remember what they tried to do? They took a sponge, and they dipped it in vinegar and gall. And they press it up to Jesus' lips as he's hanging there on the cross. Now, vinegar and gall doesn't taste like sweet tea or Mountain Dew. It's very bitter. It's a nasty, nasty flavor. It's bitter. And what they're trying to do, in a sense, was saying, we want you because we've crucified you. And because we have hurt you in such a way, we want you to become bitter. Take in this bitterness because of what we've done to you. And Jesus said, hanging on the cross, as they pressed that bitter sponge up to his lips, he refused to drink it. He was saying, you've hurt me, you've done me wrong, you've afflicted pain on me, I'm innocent of this situation, but I refuse to come bitter at you. In fact, he said later, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they do. And there may be many of us here this morning, you've been done wrong, you've been hurt. But let me tell you, you can get victory over that. You don't have to take in bitterness. You don't have to take in anger. You don't have to take in frustration. You don't have to take in hurt. You don't have to take any of that stuff in. You don't, the enemy might be pressing that up against your list, but you don't have to take that. You don't have to take that into your spirit. Satan sent it to make you bitter, make you angry, make you upset, get you off track, get you messed up. But you've got to put your foot on that. 
that king of that throne of taste. I'm not becoming bitter. I refuse to take bitterness in. I can forgive those who have hurt me. I can love my enemies. I can do good to those who have done wrong to me. That's the power of a Holy Spirit faith-filled life. As our worship team, as Blake and Bethany begin to, to come and begin to play this morning, we're to throne in five kings. This is the game of thrones this morning. Yes. And we're to throne in five thrones in this house. Yes. I don't know what you're facing. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the enemy's showing you. I don't know what the negative circumstance is and what seems overwhelming in your life. I was thinking about David and Goliath. Remember that story? Right. I've heard so many great sermons on David and Goliath. I had a guy who was preaching at my church one time, an evangelist, he come in and he preached a message on David and Goliath and he said, do you know why David picked up five stones? And he proved biblically, he went through it in the Bible and he proved biblically how David had four brothers and he could wipe out, he wasn't just planning to wipe out Goliath, but if the brothers come after him, he is ready to wipe out all, all the family. And uh, I'm not just going to kill Goliath, but I'm going to wipe out your brothers too if they want to pick a fight. Bring it on, big boy. Man, that was, that, was, that was a good sermon. Yeah. It was a good point. Yeah. Heard another guy preach. He said the five stones represent the letters and the name that would soon come and bring deliverance of the Goliath of sin. Five stones, J-E-S-U-S. Yeah. Jesus. And all you need is a Hammond organ and a Pentecostal crowd, and man, that'll preach. You can have church. Yeah, it will. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes. But you want to know what I think? I know you do. That's what I'm saying I know you're hanging on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Why I think David picked up four more stones? Why he thought he needed four more stones? Five total? I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe he was scared he'd miss. Man, when you're fighting Goliath, sometimes... How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Maybe he's just afraid he'd miss. And as I was reading that, I just, I felt like the Lord just spoke to my spirit, son, I will never send you into battle. That I, especially against a gigantic problem, that I won't give you more than enough to win. I'm not just the God of enough, I'm the God of more than enough. And I'll send you into battle with more than enough, more than what you need to win. One stone would have been enough, but I sent him with more than enough. How many know we serve a God of more than enough? We serve a God who's able. I want you to stand your feet with me this morning. I'm going to ask you today, if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to take a few moments here in just a second to come forward for communion. As our heads are bowed, Lord, in Jesus' name, we just take authority over these five thrones, these five faith killers that lurk in the dark of our life. 
when we're going through tough seasons, when we're going through tough times, we need to go to the next level of the dream that you've given us. But, but these five thrones, these five kings, they come and they try to steal our faith and steal the call and steal the purpose and the promise of God that you've placed in our life. And God, I speak right now in the name of Jesus. I, I speak over this body. I speak over this congregation that we would put our neck on these five thrones this morning, on the five kings. God, we wouldn't go by what we smell, what we feel, what we taste, what we see, what we hear. But God, we'll go upon your word, what your word says and what you've spoken into our heart. And God, when we go to battle against these kings, we believe like David, we'll have more than enough to win. So God, I believe you for that. And God, I pray for each and every individual here this morning that's facing a situation, facing a need facing a difficulty in their life, facing a king that needs to be dethroned. God, it's Game of Thrones day. And we're defeating our thrones in our life. So God, I ask it, all these things in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and maybe there's someone in this house that, when I talked about the, the rock defeating the Goliath of sin, and that rock's name was J-E-S-U-S, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning, and you know that there's, there's sin in your life, and you know that you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you know that you once have, you once did, you, maybe at a youth camp or a youth convention or at a revival or just a regular Sunday morning service, or maybe it's around the kitchen table, or maybe it's in, the, in a vehicle talking to a loved one. But this morning, you know your heart is not right. You know you're not living for him. And today, you'd like to dedicate for the very first time, or maybe you would like to rededicate your life to the Lord. And before you walk out these doors, you just want to know that you know that you know that your heart is right with him. On the count of three, I'm going to ask if you would to slip your hand high for us to see, for me to see. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're just going to lead you in a prayer this morning. And tonight, or this morning, you're, you're finding life in Christ. That Goliath of sin is coming down today through what Jesus did up on the cross. Come on, one, two, three. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This morning, I'm going to lead this congregation in a prayer. And there was three that raised their hand. Now, everyone's going to be saying the prayer, but you three that raise your hand, I want you to know it's not about getting the prayer right. It's about getting your heart right. And this morning, you're meeting the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who rightly deserves to sit on the throne. Because when he sits on the throne, you find freedom. You find liberty. You find hope. You find peace. You find joy. You find contentment. You find purpose. And you get to live under the king's authority, which means you get to live under the king's promises. Man, there's no greater life. I'm here to tell you, there's no greater life than living under the promises and under the love of King Jesus. It's awesome. And so you guys that raise your hand, I want you to be sure. And lift your voice. Lift your heart today. 
as we make the greatest decision and commitment we've ever made. Would you join me? Say, dear Lord, I come to you today. Now I'm in need of your grace, in need of your mercy. I cannot save myself. So today, I turn my heart to you. I ask you into my life. And I make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for I've done wrong. But God, in your eyes, I want to do right. So take my life and use me for your glory. And I will serve you, King Jesus, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.